and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, hey. It's so good to talk with you. It's every, I don't know, my highlight. I have to say that. It's just, it is. Every week, I need to decompress and talk with you, Sonia. And then I get to know that all of our listeners are there and just makes me feel good. I like this. Yeah, me too. It's definitely one of my highlights of my life. This has been amazing. And we're continuing it every week, which is fantastic. And and this week, we're going to dive into something that I think is really important. I see my clients deal with this a lot. I definitely deal with this. You know, I think it's easy to hit overwhelm when we're operating a business, and especially the more we're navigating. If we're navigating a business and we're navigating family or other responsibilities or part-time jobs or, you know, there's all these things that we as women are Uh, responsible for and navigating. And I think that in those cases, it can be quite easy to hit overwhelm. And so how do we deal with that? And how do we navigate it more effectively so that we can be be successful? What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I think it's a great topic and one that, I mean, uh, everyone can relate to. I don't think I've ever um, spoken with another entrepreneur that can relate to overwhelm and just, um, kind of a feeling of a disorganized mind, like struggling with when there's too much on their plate or, um, too many decisions to be made. Just what do you do when you get in that place? Because the challenge about overwhelm for anyone, but especially when you're in, um, the role of, um, making big decisions for your business is that you lose clarity. You lose that ability to slice through a problem and just quickly see this is the focus point. Overwhelm kind of creates a fuzzy brain, right? Where everything feels, um, it feels charged and our nervous systems are literally on, you know, often on, um, the hyper arousal state. So it just means that we have a lot more, um, happening in our primal brain and in our like more uh, instinctual self and less in that evolved thinking brains, the one that we really need sometimes to kind of direct us um, onto the re kind of redirect us back onto our course. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point because see, the thing is, I think what most people do when they hit overwhelm is they try to to work harder or work faster or get more done. Like there's there's like it's like this instinctual thing to just uh, move through it, like get get rid of it, hurry, hurry past it. When really to navigate overwhelm effectively, you need to stop. You need Mm. to reassess. You need to, you know, totally go back into your being. You need to relax. 
You need to be able to find that clarity, and that can only be done through space. So I think, you know, that's one of the first things we can really talk about is so often we're using the wrong tactics to try to get over overwhelm, and really we need to just be able to stop, give ourselves space in those moments to feel back into what is important, to feel back into who we are, and to find that clarity. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's interesting, that just like you said, when we feel overwhelmed, we want to go into overdrive. We want to just keep pushing, keep getting things done. We think that if we do push ourselves, um, that all of a sudden we'll break through. The, you know, the clouds will break and all of a sudden it'll all work. But the actual opposite of that is what's needed is that pause and that stillness and a reset. And it is a reset in, a, in our mind um, mm-hmm. as far as like a mind shift, but it's also a reset physiologically in the nervous system. And I mean, one of the biggest things that helps me is to unplug. And that's so hard when you're feeling like I've got to get these emails done. This person's waiting on me. I have this proposal. It's like we live in our cyberspace. We live on the computer and on our phones because so much of how we're communicating with clients, customers, potential clients is online. But the overwhelm doesn't lay well with that world of um, social media unplugged in. That will continue to kind of kick you into a feeling of that you need to keep going and go into that overdrive. So I, as much as it's somewhat difficult, I, when I feel pressed up against something and overwhelmed, I have to close my computer and maybe even turn off the phone so that I don't have notifications or, or calls if it's not an issue about my family reaching me or something for an emergency. But being able to unplug is, yeah. is like one of the first things I, I can do. And one of the easiest things, honestly, as far as you don't have to go to the gym, you don't have to make up this whole thing or, you know, change wardrobes. Like all you have to do <laughs> is like press the power button off. I agree. And I think and I think that's the piece is that, you know, there are times when we really need like a couple of days, you know, like a space to really sort of move through things or if we have big decisions. But I also think what we have to do is make sort of like the space and care and small exercises habitual. So in those moments when we feel overwhelmed, what we need to do is have a trigger, have an anchor, have a reminder that we just need to take five minutes even to to breathe to maybe go sit and look at nature, to be able to to meditate, whatever sort of there's there's literally so many sort of five to 10 minute exercises. But, you know, those exercises like it just can take five minutes for you to get more centered, more in your body, more clarity so that the next decision you make, the next action you take is so much more effective. And I think, you know, we lose sight of that. Sometimes we think, oh, we've got to go get a massage or we've got to go take a vacation or we've got to do something big, you know, instead of realizing if we just put these sort of five minute, you know, habitual exercises into our lives will be so much more effective. And and the overwhelm will stop running us because that's the piece is that when the overwhelm is running us, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. We're going to make a lot of bad choices from that space. We're going to, you know, get ourselves into more of a frenzy. And then we, then we require literally, you know, something massive. So whether it's we have a nervous breakdown or whether we get so exhausted that we have to sleep for two days or whether we, you know, really have to take a day off or we get sick. You know, these are all the things that come as a repercussion of not handling our overwhelm early. Right. And so I think that's two different um, 
kind of a distinction that we can make. There's, there are things that you can do to be preventative in sort of not becoming overwhelmed or easily overwhelmed by being more mindful about your time and your energy. And we have talked about different tools and ways that people can do that on this podcast. So just reiterating what you're saying, Sonia, is like so much of those little mindful breaks and there's a lot of tools and, and using if you're still plugged in and you're just trying to be proactive, then you can use those great apps that will just come up with a little message that's like a, a quote to inspire you or a reminder to breathe and take a break. And so those are great things to to do now when you're currently and, and this is like, you know, we're still in the first quarter of the year. You know, it's yeah. like if you have you set off um the year just on a on a, you know, on a what I want to say, just like when you really shot out the cannon and you yeah really had a lot of things going on, you might be feeling now like, oh, shoot, now I'm starting to approach overwhelm. So you may be in this place where you're not there yet, but you can feel it coming. So yes. you can start using those tools. And then I think another, um, and then the other side of that is like, okay, when you're in overwhelm. So I think today we are sort of speaking to both of those things, like what yeah. you can do to, to prevent overwhelm. And then what do you do when you're smack dab in the middle of overwhelm. And I know yeah. that, yeah, we both have some more tools up our sleeves we can share. Yeah. And I think, you know, like literally let's break it down really quick because you're right. Like there is, there's pre full blown overwhelm. <laughs> so it's like when you're, when you're, you can be preventative you, where you're, when you're starting to feel it creep in, when you, you know, just things you can make in your life to be preventative of never having overwhelm. And then you've got like, you're literally in the heat and the fire and like, you know, you are dying and overwhelmed. What do you do? And then there's like coming on the other side of it. So you might've gotten through the heat. You might've sort of gotten through the reaction of overwhelm, right? So your nervous system was on fire. You were like, you know, you went into meltdown. I know like I can get really, when I hit overwhelm, I can get like frenzied in a way. And my husband's always like, whoa, okay, there's, there's Sonia. She's, she's there. <laughs> you know. And, and so, but then there's like the afterwards where you're starting to calm down, but you still need to handle whatever it is, put you in overwhelm. So you're not in the heat of it anymore, but you are still in the need to deal with it. So I think there's sort of, you know, three stages, if you will, that we can kind of look at the pre fire, the fire of overwhelm and the after fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I would even call that last last phase of recovery. Yeah. Right. Mm. Really. And, and it, this is so much like what happens when there's a physical injury. If you just think about your body getting, you know, an injury or sick, you know, this is what's happening in your nervous system as well, just from stress and emotional mental fatigue is that you start to tire. And if you start noticing that you're fatigued, you start noticing that you're tired as, like a, as a professional athlete, then you'll stop and you'll start resting more and you'll start doing different, um, you know, intermittent, different types of exercises, different things to keep the body healthy. Or you might just stop exercise altogether and focus on what you're eating or focus on sleep. And so you start noticing the little things that are the aches and the pains and yeah. you can notice those early on and then prevent that overwhelm. But then once you're injured, right, it's like, then it's super important to slow down and then you put everything that's not a priority. You try to just put all those things on the shelf to use Sonia's terms, just put it on the shelf, make it look for later. And you really yeah. focus on you and taking care of what you need to do in that moment to regain your equilibrium and to feel like you're okay. And then the recovery time is like, okay, how am I being gentle with myself as I transition back in? And how am I going to do this differently possibly? And it becomes a, the recovery, but 
becomes kind of part of the preventative because you probably learn something within that process that's going to help you navigate it in a different way the next time. We're always learning as entrepreneurs. Like we try one thing in our business and if we're recovering and healing, then we can take that information and hopefully it will improve our well-being for the next round, whatever we're addressing, taking on. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think why don't we go through and each of us talk about, you know, some of the tools or some of the things that we can do in each of those stages uh, so that, you know, people can begin to identify what stage are you in and what tool do you use for that stage? What do you think? Yes. Yes. I love it. It's really okay, great. Cool. All right. So I'll start with sort of the stage one. So some things in terms of either preparing so that you don't hit a lot of overwhelm. Or if you notice you're hitting overwhelm, what are some of the things you could do, but you're not yet in the heat of overwhelm yet? So, you know, one of the things that I talk about on a regular basis is simplifying. Like, I think we all need to practice the skill of simplifying. One of the reasons so many people hit overwhelm is because everything's too complex. Their business model's too complex. What they're trying to do is too complex. They're focused on too many things. They're navigating too many things. They've got more than one focus. They've got more than one business. You know, there's all these ways in which we're we're dealing with a lot of complexity that we don't have to. Like we if we're parents and we're business owners, we do have to deal with parenting and business owning. We can't really, you know, like give away one of those things. But we right. can simplify each of those things, right? So I think, you know, what we have to look at is how can we simplify what we're doing? So I think that is one of the strategies and ways that will lead us to never have overwhelm if we've got a lot more simplicity. I also think it's really important that we, you know, look at sort of chunking things down. Like I talk about in terms of buckets or chunking things down or one focus. Like you really want to, you know, be able to make sure that whatever you're working on is, you know, one to three things at a time and that you don't have a list of 10 things you're trying to get done in a day, in a month, in a quarter. Like all of it should be really simplified so that you know, okay, this is my one main focus. I mean, sometimes with my clients, when I'm having them build skills, we might break something down that they're struggling with. And I literally have them do one thing. This is the one thing you're going to do for the next five, six, seven days. And when you've mastered that, we're going to move on to the second thing. And so, you know, I think, you know, being able to really simplify so that we say, okay, well, what is our one thing that we're going to do this week? And that's it. Once we get that accomplished, we can always create another thing. But I think it's that that complexity of trying to get too much done. So those are some of the things that I would do that's just habits in your life and habits in your business so that it doesn't lead to overwhelm. Oh, that's, that is such good advice. And it's, it's going to be, um, again, like changing that habit because we're all in the habit of overdoing and mm. this whole multitasking and, you know, and some of us, um, feel it, it's like we're doing it kind of unconsciously, but we're attached to that. Like, Oh, I'm holding so many things and I'm doing all this, you know, I'm just doing so much. We've gotten into that, um, culture that like we talked about before that glorifies that. So it's really important to remember that you might be having to change a little bit of a habit there from overdoing, um, to really being more, um, like you said, breaking it down, simplifying things. And then, you know, the, the thing that comes to mind when we talk about prevention for me is, um, I start noticing like there are 
you know, and, and, and like gambling there, people have their tail, like you can tell if they're nervous or whatever, right. By looking at their, their body language. So I think that you have like stress tells, like you have things that your body starts to do and it's telling you that you're approaching overwhelm. And I've become over the years, your body's going to change, but you kind of have consistent patterns. And like, for me, one of the emotional pieces that I can tell I'm starting to approach overwhelm is I'm more irritable with everybody. Like my Mm. family that normally I can just laugh at that silly thing that my five-year-old is doing. I just, (laughs) you know, instead I just find myself like wanting to yell like, Oh my God, why are you, why are you using the butter knife right now on the cat? Um, No, no, she does not need a haircut, but it's like, you know, and then on another day, like, that's so precious. That's so cute. That's, um, you know, in this kind of irritation level, is something to just kind of notice, like you snapping mm. and irritated and everything is just like, you don't have very large of a capacity, right? Very yes. small threshold. Yes. <laughs> like you start going zero to 10. Yeah, yeah. And that capacity, you know, which we talked about in many episodes, like that is so key. And, and you, what I think you're really talking about too, Laura, is self-awareness, like being aware yeah. of when our moods change and when something is just not right. Like some days I'm just like, you know what? I'm noticing that I'm just more easily irritable today. So then something's going on with me that I need to navigate before I hit, literally hit, you know, massive the, you know, that heat of overwhelm that we talked about. I'm just noticing that mm, I'm just a little more irritated at everybody today. So something is there. It's really about self-awareness. Yes. Yeah. And you start noticing that earlier, the earlier you start to notice that, the better, because then you can say, oh, wow, I'm really starting to get more stressed out here. This thing is really overwhelming me. So I'm going to take a deep breath or I'm going to step away and go take a yoga class or I'm going to go for a walk in the nearby park. It's like you can start to notice where take that emotional temperature of like where you are. And then physically, you know, noticing, do you start feeling more fatigued more quickly? Like you just don't, you have more energy drops throughout the day and you find yourself reaching for another cup of coffee. Mm. Yes, we can use those things um, when we just need to get it done, but that's a sign of overdoing if you have to reach outside of your own energy levels to sustain something. That means that you're out of balance with what your body's really ready to do, right? And so there's nothing wrong with um, if you have to do, like there are times you're on a crunch, but if you're habitually reaching for that cup of coffee or something like outside of yourself to keep you up, then that's important to be like, oh, wait, where am I pushing myself? Um, and then another one of mine is tension headaches. Tension headaches will come up for me when mm. I'm starting to get too overwhelmed. And um, I just go, oh, there's that tension headache that's coming up and not just popping another um, ibuprofen, but like asking myself, why am I having this headache and what do I need to do to start shifting things? Cause my body is saying alarm, alarm, like the fire is coming. You know, we smell the smoke, <laughs> so please drop and roll. <laughs> please. <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. And I think what we're talking about is more effectively managing your energy. Like I know the clients who've been in my program for a long time, like say the people who've been in for a year, they're so much better at managing their energy. And because of that, they don't hit overwhelm, you know, unless something major happens in their life, you know, that they couldn't, you know, prepare for. But I think then the people who are newer, they're, they're less, you know, 
capable or less, you know, experience in managing their energy and less understanding of what that even means. And so then they'll hit overwhelm more often. So what we're kind of talking about is if you learn the skill of managing your own energy, you recognize your capacity, you you become aware of when you hit your irritability or your exhaustion or whatever it is, and you're able to, to sort of be aware of that and respond to it before it leads to overwhelm. I think that is, you know, a little bit of what we're talking about. Yes. I mean, and this just is me on my passion stage right here is about entrepreneurs in their health in their mental, Mm. emotional, and physical health. Why it's so important that you have to think about yourself being at the very top of the list. And we're so ready to put all the other things up there, but when you are an entrepreneur, your health determines the success of your business, like bottom line. If you're not capable of doing the work and keeping your business going, then there is no business. And yet we're so quick to keep pushing our body aside or just not listening to those tells and not listening to those signs that, you know, not having awareness. And then if we are chronically doing that, then that leads to a chronic condition or an illness that we can't always bounce back from as easily. So I just have to be kind of on my little stage right here with my advocate of like, this is why your health is so important. It should be at the very top of how you are envisioning your business for, yeah, for this year and years to come. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, this is something I just, I also constantly talk about, like we literally are the best asset, the most important asset in our business. And yeah, we have to take care of ourselves. And I was thinking as well, you know, one of the concepts I kind of want to introduce or talk about, you know, which we've mentioned before, I think, but you know, overwhelm in my experience, the heat of overwhelm is obviously triggering a central nervous system and like a physical response. But the the sort of pre-overwhelm is usually created by the mind, right? You know, we, we're, you know, thinking of something that's overwhelming us or we're feeling pressure that overwhelms us. Like there's something that ha- is triggered in sort of our mindset or our mind or our thinking that then leads to a physical response of overwhelm. And what, you know, I think also helps on a preventative level is being able to be in your body more. So, you know, whether it is you've got, um, you know, an exercise practice or a mindfulness practice or meditation or breathing, or you just swim or you like to walk or you look at nature, whatever it is that you do to be more embodied, to be more in your body and out of that thinking, I think that's really important. And the more you're doing that on a regular basis, the more preventative it is for overwhelm. Yes, absolutely. Because when we get in that, like you said, just a thinking mind that's creating all of the worst case scenarios or we're in fear and, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. then our body starts to perceive that there is a real threat. Yeah. That's what's really that and why it's so powerful that what you think, you know, people sometimes dismiss um, positive thinking, like, ah, you know, I'm just, it's not going to help that much just because, um, I say a few positive words, but it is actually creating a different system, a different reaction in your brain and in your body when you are in a positive place and you can, um, think kind of replace fear with like compassion mm-hmm. and letting that energy of fear be present to sit with that discomfort. Like all of that is definitely not releasing as much of the cortisol that's the stress hormone you know and if you stay in fear then you get more cortisol and it's pulsing through the body and the body says oh there is a threat there is a real threat and we gotta 
run from that fire. Um, so you're right that so much of what we're thinking and what we're perceiving about ourselves and about our business can kind of um, lead into that overwhelm. So taking stock of even what's the language you're using around mm-hmm. your business. If you find yourself constantly saying negative things like, oh, you know, it's just going to be so hard for me to look at my financials. Like I just feel, you know, it's the worst thing that I have to do this week. Instead, it's, you know, like what happens if you go, wow, I'm really curious about my financials. Like it's a little scary, but I haven't really sat down and gotten clear. And that might be really neat. might be fun to see my business from that angle that I've been avoiding, you know, just Mm -hmm. like shifting your mindset into more of a positive curiosity will help you not end up in that place of overwhelm where your body thinks that there is a literal, literal fire and it's going to start having all of its paralysis and like shut down that prefrontal brain. Let's just, you know, motivate the body to get safe, you know, to escape. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, obviously, like so many things, preventative is better <laughs> if you can if you can prevent and you can sort of manage before you get to overwhelm. That's better. But let's maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what happens when you're in the heat of that overwhelm, like in that moment, your body is on fire, your central nervous system is, you know, feeling a threat. It's literally sort of that fight or flight, you know, and you're feeling it. So what are some things that we can do in your experience, Laura, in those moments to settle down our nervous system and to just sort of move out of that fire of overwhelm? Yeah. So you want to address that through sensation. So once your body is actually activated, your mind is not that helpful. It's offline. You might want to think of it. It's just like, it's not listening to your smart little brain there. Um, So you want to think about what are sensations? What are ways that you get your body um, engaged and engaging the body will reset the nervous system depending on how you engage it. So one is just mindful movement um, and breath work. So like when you, you're starting to feel completely um, on fire, it can be hard to stop and breathe, right? And meditate. So, mm-hmm. so don't try to go still, but go mindful movement go outside, excuse yourself from a meeting or from your workspace or from your house and say, I need to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And then let your body walk and feel your body move and take deep breaths and let yourself just kind of release that, that energy with each out breath. But you're just being very mindful of movement, but you're letting that energy flow. You don't want to just stop your body, right? So movement to flow energy because you've got excess of energy in your nervous system and it needs to be released. Another one is in yoga, um, you can do certain poses, but one of my favorite and just most easily accessible is legs up the wall. Just simply going, finding a, a wall in your bedroom, in your house, in your workspace, and just putting your bottom up against the wall and your legs up. And you can use a blanket and cushion to support your neck, your head, and just let your let the wall hold the weight of your legs and just let yourself sit there for five to 10 minutes because the nervous system and the blood flow, it's like, oh, this is a new orientation. So I have to re-engage with what's happening. Mm-hmm. So by just inverting the body, you get its attention and it starts to pay more attention to what's going on and it's less 
likely to keep spinning, right? And sort of that, in that fire. And then another one is water. Like people will underestimate the power of water and you can go into a public restroom. I actually teach this to my clients who have panic attacks Mm. and they're really scared and they don't know, like I'm having a panic attack, panic attack. What do I do? Like go to a restroom, turn on the hot, turn on the cold water first and run your hands under it. Then if they have a hot, which we hope that they have two temperatures, we'll go warm to hot, not burning, but as hot as you can. And then go back to the cold and back to the hot a few times. So actually your body um, feeling the shift in temperature from hot to cold is a reset button. It actually mm-hmm. starts the nervous system. Again, you get its attention and it starts to like, Ooh. so that's something like if you're in a more of a anxiety attack, but you can use water and, and Sonia and I used to go to the pools together all the time. So I know how much she loves it, but float tanks and just mm. being in a swimming pool, like water is a healing energy that just kind of restabilizes um, the body and smell is another sensation. So if you have diffusers in your office, um, you know, thinking about using something that is maybe a little bit, um, like somebody just told me that we kind of overuse lavender a little bit too often. So it might not calm us as much. So mm. trying to use, um, I think she said, Oh, I forget now which one it is. So you'll have to do some research on essential oils. Cause she gave me one. She sells like essential oils and um, uses them in her body work practice. And she's like finding, you know, ones that are more soothing will actually help versus citrus, which is really engaging or, you know, or, um, peppermint that's like when you want to focus but when you calm down like being able to use you know those different smells like lavender but there's other many other ones that work very well so those are just some ways of thinking like you're using the um, sense of smell Mm -hmm. sense of touch and um, sight sense you know all the different ways and and even taste like just water in your mouth like letting your body feel something right it's just all the different things that help your nervous system shift into awareness can take you out of overwhelm in that moment when you really can't see straight. Yes, I think that's so good. And and I would probably add, you know, another thing that I that works really well for me and it's something you can test and try in those moments is that when I shift my attention outside of myself. So Sometimes I might use my children, like, you know, if they're sitting, if I'm overwhelmed, whatever, if I can just really start putting my attention on them, what do they need? How can I support them? Like, and and just off of what I'm feeling, that can really help. Or, you know, even better, if I can go take five minutes away from everyone and I can go into nature and I can just really get into the details of things around me. So, you know, maybe I'm looking at a wood fence and I'm really getting into sort of the grain of that wood fence and the texture of that wood fence, or I'm looking across the way and I see a building and I'm really getting into the architecture of the building and how it's shaped and what it looks like. I think being able to shift my attention into detail outside of myself also shifts me out of overwhelm. So that can be a really easy exercise depending on what you have experience with or what you know. Um, yeah, I think, that's a great one. Mm, yeah. And I think the key, you know, the key is we're looking at in that moment, you know, how do you, like you said, reset the central nervous system 
get back into our awareness, get outside of that, you know, reptilian brain and that part of us that is just in reaction and, and you know, move back into some logic and some ability to to think about how do we now resource ourselves, right? Because, and then that's what we can sort of, you know, kind of tailor the end of this podcast topic to is, you know, what do you do once you're out of that heat, once you're out of that central nervous system reaction and you're like, okay, I'm in my body again or I'm present again or I have some more awareness, but then there still is usually a trigger or still something that you have to engage with or handle. So then what are some things we can do in that recovery stage to be able to move ourselves outside of overwhelm and, you know, really resource ourselves back to the place that we need to be to be successful in business, to be able to handle our families, to do all the things that we do in our lives. And one of those things that, you know, for me works really well and that I do is if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I oftentimes, and I move through that sort of, you know, heat phase, I might be sitting there, but I'm really foggy. It's like my brain is like foggy. I mean, I was, just the other day I was sitting there and I was like, okay, I need to be working, but my brain was all foggy. I was feeling a bit overwhelmed and I'm like, okay, what can I do? Because I literally can't think. Like, what do I put my attention on? Like, what do, what do I get done? I don't know. There's too many things. And so what I did was, you know, do a laundry list, like literally write down, you know, not in order, not in priority, not trying to log logically work it out. Just literally, what is every single thing in my mind right now that I need to get done? Every little thing, every big thing, everything. Just a huge long list. Took me like two pages. But by the end of it, it's like I felt more in control and more like I had all the pieces there. And then I could start to logically work with how, what do I need to prioritize? What do I need to look with? Uh, I love those, the brain dump, basically, because you're Mm -hmm. holding all of those thoughts in your brain, in your brain's like trying to track them, and you're all foggy. And just by putting them down on paper, you release them to something else, like the paper can hold them now, and you can see them in a different light. And yeah, it gives you some space. And, you know, I think there's a lot of tools in this recovery that will uh, be similar to the prevention in that it takes the awareness of self and mm-hmm. really asking yourself, like you did, um, what's going on? What do I need right now? Because um, that automatic, okay, I'm feeling better. Let's get back to work might not be really where the best place of reentry is going to be. Yeah. It's like, okay, like what's going on before I can think, before I can enter back into my most productive self. I might need to just take the day to do a brainstorming or like, yeah, brain dump, or maybe I just need to be creative. Like maybe I just need to let Mm. myself play a little bit. Um, Didn't I want to do that vision board? Like, let's just do it right now and, and take off the pressure of more linear thinking, just like giving more space to whatever it is that you were wanting to do. Um, to sort of be aware that you're not going to go right back into the habit of, of picking it back up or overdoing. So it takes that awareness that we talked about in the prevention place, you know, yeah. it's like just, okay, how am I doing? What do I need? And it's also during recovery when I try to do a lot more, um, returning to some of my stillness practices that probably mm. went out of the, went off the uh, radar when I was feeling so stressed and overwhelmed. I'm like, hey, I, I can't meditate, but maybe in the recovery period, I'm like, wait a minute. I think I can do a guided meditation today. It's not stillness in that it's not completely quiet, but I can sit and I can listen to someone's voice and I'm just going to do that. And even if I have to get up halfway through, I'm going to still be compassionate with myself and let that be okay. You know, it's like, it's this gentleness of re-entering into mm-hmm. what you were doing versus like 
let me just jump back up and get right to it. Yeah. Well, and I think that the piece is it's better to either go from the macro to the micro or from being to doing. So, you know, I think the recovery period is really about either, you know, widening back out to the macro so that you're really looking at, okay, overall, what's my direction? What's the biggest focus and priority? Like, so that's the macro versus like the doing specific things, which is the micro. So it's either starting back at the ma- macro or in terms of being and doing, it's it's allowing yourself to be. So often, Oftentimes we get overwhelmed because something emotionally is being triggered something in our thinking, something that is going on in our body, you know, is really being triggered. And so then we hit the overwhelm. And so what we need to realize is that, you know, sometimes we need to sort of um, not analyze it, but feel it and look at what was the trigger, what was happening. And when we do that, things really shift and move. And so sometimes I might spend some time journaling as an example in that recovery period so that I begin to feel and understand what's happening in Inside myself that sort of led to that overwhelm. Or sometimes I might, you know, kind of widen back and just allow myself to be. I might, you know, just sit somewhere and just feel for a little while and allow some of that being to happen. And then when I do go into doing or the micro things, I'm so much more effective. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That just reflection time. That's when the hindsight being 2020 is so great. And you're like actually going to reflect back on, wait a minute, what can I see about that, that I can understand more about myself moving forward. And then one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, Sonia, that's so important is that, you know, as you're listening to any three of these stages and you feel like you still need support, these are times when you reach out Mm. um, for support from a coach or a therapist, you know, some type of mentor, a guide, like you don't have to figure all this stuff out on your own. You don't have to, um, you know, just kind of keep isolated, trying to figure it out. It's like reaching out, asking for help. Like sometimes we can't see, just simply can't see it um, and need someone close to us that can be objective and supportive, maybe to, to hear the story of what's going on with us and be able to shed new insights and new awareness. And so definitely this is a a journey um, that like all things and being an entrepreneur that you don't have to go alone can ask for help. I think that's a great way to wrap up the program. And and if you are experiencing chronic overwhelm, I think I would highly recommend reaching out to someone to support you because, you know, if it's chronic, if it's happening often, then there's definitely some things to, to navigate and to look at. So thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.